So here's the word. Here it is. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he, Joseph, gave him the name Jesus. I want to talk from this subject in the time we got together, family, part two of this Dream Killer series. The nighttime is the right time. <laughs> the, the, the nighttime is, <laughs> is the right time. <laughs> I, 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 I want to ease into this introduction by asking a question. Here it is. It's, it's just a question for your reflection. How do you feel about the night? I'm asking this because different individuals will have different answers regarding their emotions at the night. There are some that love the night. <laughs> they love who comes out at night. <laughs> they, <laughs> they love the feel of the night. They like the sounds in the night. They, night, they like night life. They like to go out at night and stay up at night. They are night owls. That's how some people feel about the night. Then there are others who don't love the night. They loathe the night. They loathe the dimness, the darkness, and the dropping of temperatures. They don't like driving at night, walking at night, working out at night, running at night, going to the stores at night, or being out at night. And I don't know what side of the fence you are on naturally, but I do think it's important to choose a side spiritually. Because what night means naturally is one thing, but what night means spiritually is another thing. And I need to pause even in this introduction and talk to all the dreamers in the room to tell you regardless of how you feel about the night naturally, that when it comes to your dreams spiritually, the nighttime is the right time. <laughs> I'm trying to tell every dreamer that's watching me that night, listen to me, is not in the way of your dream. Look at me. Night is the way to the dream. I'm going to say that one more time. 
I said, night is not in the way of the dream. Night is the way to the dream. Dr. Darius, why would you say that? I would say that because my Bible teaches me that dreamers are developed in the dark. Notice, I didn't say dreams are developed in the dark. I said dreamers are developed in the dark. See, dark seasons are actually dark rooms. I'm going to say that one more time, family. Dark seasons are actually dark rooms. And maybe the reason this metaphor is not resonating is because of the age and era you've grown up in. Some of you don't understand what I mean when I say dark room because you're only accustomed to one type of camera. The camera you have on your device. But before there was a day where camera phones didn't exist. <laughs> and if you, uh, there was a day where if you took a picture, you could not see the picture immediately. Yeah, and, and, and during that day, there were certain types of cameras that we use. And so, and so we, we, we would use a, a, a certain type of camera, watch this, and we would take a picture and we would take the film. Some of y'all are like, what is that? We, we, would, we would take take the film from this picture, drop it off at a specific place, and we would leave and come back and get pictures. I want to tell you that there's something that happened in between the time that you dropped it off and you got it back. There was somebody that specialized in working in the dark and they took the film from the camera. They took it to something called a dark room. (laughs) And in the middle of this dark room, something happened. They would take this film in the dark room and they would take this optical apparatus that's similar to a slide projector. And it projects light into the image of the negatives. Because the film you gave to them was called a negative. They would take, they would take the negative and they would take a finely tuned light and put it on the negative. And watch this, the sheet of photographic paper is exposed to the light coming through the negative, resulting in a positive version of the image on paper. Did you hear what I just said? Do you see where I'm going? Are you reading what I'm writing? I want you to know that in your life and in my life, We've had some negative things. And whether or not the negative experiences gave you some positive results 
was determined by who you gave the negative to. I wish I was. I'm going to say that one more time. What happened with the negative is determined by who you gave the negative to. With the camera, we knew who to give the negative to. And they would go in a dark room and they get to working in the dark room. And you gave him one thing or you gave her one thing and it looked one way when you gave it to them. But it looked another way when they gave it back to you. I don't know who this is for, but I want to tell you that God's got a dark room. We call it dark seasons. And he's saying, if you will give me your negative, I will take your negative into a dark room and I'll shine my light on it. And when I get through shining my light on it, I'm going to give you back something that's completely different than what you gave me. You gave me misery. I took it to the dark room. I came back. I gave you ministry. Somebody come get me today. I said, you gave me pain. I took it to the dark room. I came back out and I gave you purpose. You gave me agitating, agitation. I took it to the dark room. I came back and I gave you an anointing. Hey, is there anybody here that's grateful that God goes to work in the dark? And I want you to stop calling your dark seasons dark seasons. Call your dark seasons dark rooms. It's not just a dark season. It's not just a dark time. Come on, let's reframe the way we see it. Let's reimagine our language. Let's stop saying, I'm in a dark time. Let's declare, I'm in a dark room. (laughs) I gave the negative to the right person. I knew who to give the negative to. See, it doesn't turn out the same way when you give the negative to somebody who don't know what to do with it. You need somebody who specializes in taking the negative and turning it into a positive. God, somebody wants to know, hey, what God's doing. I'm telling you, he's working in the dark. (laughs) Now watch this. I'm articulating this. Because dreamers must learn to properly manage dark seasons. Because it's easy to allow a dark season to become the thing that kills the dream. Regularly, if I'm engaging with people, this is anecdotal, but regularly when I'm engaging with people, if they've lost a dream, or gave up on a vision, or are no longer talking about or pursuing a thing in this season that they talked to me about in a previous season, very often they left it in the dark. Did you you hear what I just said? Very often they left the dream in the dark. 
they hit a dark season. And the enemy intended to use the season for one thing. They thought the enemy intended to use it for another. So they survived the season and they celebrated their survival because they thought the enemy used that dark season to kill them. And the devil's like, I wasn't even trying to kill you. I don't just kill. I kill, steal, and destroy. I didn't kill in that season, but I did steal. I stole your dream. I stole your fervor. I stole your vision. I stole your confidence. I stole your optimism. I stole your passion to pursue what God has called and created you to do. Where's my dream, Dr. Darius? In the dark. If you are not all right, put in the chat, I'm not all right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not all right. Look at, listen to me, family. The devil wants to use the dark to evoke emotions in us to cause us to abandon the dream. Dark times are dream killers. But even in the natural, dreams happen in the dark. I want you to catch this family. Dark rooms, dark seasons are used by God to develop the dreamer, not destroy the dream. Did y'all hear what I just said? It's important now. Because I feel like I need to talk to some people today who left something you need to go back and get. Did you hear what I just said? For some of you, it's time to go back and get. You, 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 watch this. I'm not talking about personal dreams. I'm not talking about vain ambition. We talked about this last week, right? I'm talking about purposeful dreams. Some, some desires that are divinely deposited by God. His intention for your life that's revealed in his word. Right? I'm, I'm, talk, you hear I'm not talking about some childhood fantasy. I'm not about to go back and try to go to the NBA. Come on, that was a dream of mine, right? I'm not about to go back and say, let me go to law school. Right? Let me, let me be clear on that, right? I'm not talking about just personal I'm talking about divinely deposited, when God divinely deposits a desire in order to motivate you to take action. So maybe there's a dream you saw for your relationship that's revealed in God's word, Song of Solomon's, fruitful, flourishing, and fulfilling. And maybe hit a dark time. And that dark that dark thing was the thing that killed the dream. So now you don't even believe that's possible for you. Maybe, maybe it was, maybe God put something in your heart professionally 
entrepreneurially, right? And I'm not even going to bother this. All of Jesus' disciples, he got from the marketplace, not from church. All the 12 apostles. He didn't get anybody that worked in the synagogue. He did, did you? Not one. Not one. Because he knew, I got three years. And it's going to take me three years to deprogram religious people. He said, I, I, I don't, come on, church people want to argue. He said, I don't got time to argue. I'm trying to act. Y'all trying to argue about whether or not women can preach. You're trying to argue about who should speak in tongues. You're trying to argue about whose name you should be baptized in. He says, I'm trying to take action. I'm not trying to spend three years arguing about things that don't matter. You want to argue. I'm not arguing with you. You mad. You big mad. Somebody say, I don't want to argue. But maybe you've got a, a, a vision in that area. But you hit a dark season. And now you feel like it's not possible for me. The dark thing killed your dream. <laughs> maybe I feel this one. I got to move on. But I, feel, I just felt the prompting right there for this one. Maybe, look, look at me, maybe you mismanage your younger years and you didn't squeeze out of them all you could have. And now maybe the adversary is attempting to tell you that because you mismanaged that season of your life, that you've disrupted and destroyed your whole life. But the Bible puts stories in there like Abraham and Sarah to remind you of something. That's not in the Bible to say if I'm 90, I should try to have a baby. Abraham and Sarah is in the Bible to teach you and me that God is able to empower you to give birth to a thing in a season where everybody else thinks it's too late. But don't allow the dark... I don't even have time. I could, I could prove Texas. Sarah allowed all of those years, that dark season. She almost allowed it to be the thing that killed the dream. So much so that when God came to her and said, I want to do it, she laughed. She didn't even believe it was possible. And I'm telling somebody here, y'all better look at me right now. I'm speaking into somebody's life. God is getting ready to get the last laugh. Good God Almighty. Some of you are laughing at yourself and some others are laughing at you, laughing at the decision that you made. They're calling you dumb and they're calling you small-minded. They're calling you restricted. But when God blows you up from the flow up, the same people that were calling you a thing in one season are going to be calling on you for advice in the next. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but if I'm preaching to you, say, I receive. You gotta miss, you gotta manage the dark season. And if you hadn't had one in the past, one's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You live in an imperfect world, so one's coming. So you need to, watch this, you need to be prepared 
you need to know how to use your slingshot before you fight Goliath. That's not the time to practice. You got to practice when you're not in one so that you know what to do when you are in one. And our text here with Joseph, are y'all all right? Can I have these nine minutes I got left? Our text here with Joseph is an amazing example of how to manage the dark season. See, the text reveals to us an experience of a man named Joseph who has just entered the dark room. This is what's interesting, family. It wasn't problems that put him in the dark room. It was purpose. (laughs) Did you hear what I just said? It it wasn't problems that put him in the dark room. It was purpose. What do you do when obedience is the reason you in the dark? I know we talk about going in the dark room because of disobedience, but I think we need to explore what's happening in this text because this gentleman does not go in the dark room for disobedience. This gentleman goes in the dark room because of obedience. What do you do when it's God who put you in the dark? Come on now. See, 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 watch this. The text says, this is what's happening here contextually. If you're not familiar with this, Joseph is betrothed. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of that because it was, it was a far more binding commitment than the way we see engagement now, uh, engagements now. But let me, just, let me just contemporize the text for the purpose of explaining it. Joseph is engaged to a woman named Mary. Got me? He is in love. He's obeying God. He's honoring her. They are abstinent. He's gotten down on one knee. He's asked her father. She said yes. They set the date, picked who's going to be in the wedding party. They picked out the cake. They developed the menu. They selected the DJ. Here it is. Here it is. Joseph is excited. His family is ecstatic, and then one day, he get home from work and get a text. We need to talk. Now, I'm not going to bother that, but when every man get that text, (laughs) you need prayer. (laughs) We need to talk. He calls Mary. I'm contemporizing. He calls Mary. He said, what's up? She says, Joseph, I need to tell you something. He said, what? She said, I'm expecting. He said, what, a miracle? What? A miracle? She said, Joseph, I'm pregnant. But Joseph said, how are you pregnant if me and you haven't fellowshiped, laid hands on each other? How, 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 are, you, how are you pregnant? 
We haven't. She says, God did it. He says, God did it. I took you to my family reunion. You sat in my mama house. <laughs> we did Thanksgiving together. I don't post nobody. Y'all, this are y'all okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't post anybody. You all up and down my feed. You my woman crush Wednesday. I'm telling everybody you a Proverbs 31 woman. See, come on now. This is in no way to disparage Mary because it was from God. I'm trying to get you to see realistically what this man's going through. Don't sanitize the scripture because you rob it of its richness. This ain't easy for this man. He has no children and he's marrying the woman he wants to have children with. And now he's got to accept the fact that the child she's carrying ain't mine. Now, I want you to get in his head for a minute. I want you to feel what he's got to be feeling now. You can't tell me that and put him in the dark room. What am I going to tell my friends? Some of them didn't like. I don't, I don't even feel like hearing. I feel like hearing. I told you so. I knew something wasn't right. He's got to be in a dark place. And so he makes a decision. I'm out. And the Bible says, because he was a faithful man. Hiya. Faithful to, listen, faithful to God. Faithful enough to restrain my natural impulses. <laughs> This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to break up, but I'm going to put you away privately. I'm going to cover you. I'm hurt, but I'm still going to cover you. See, y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm not, come on, come on. I'm not, I'm not, see, some of you are praying. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, some of you are praying for a Jerome. You need to be praying for a Joseph. You want somebody who's got a degree of values and morals outside of you. So that he is who he is even when you're not who you say you are. Y'all not talking to me. No shade to any Jerome because somebody in the chat, my name is Jerome and I'm a good person. It's a metaphor. Calm down. Calm down. Relax. Here it is, guys. Here it is. He say, I'm out. So I'm not going to announce publicly what you did. I'm just going to change my Facebook status. When people ask me what happened, I'm just going to say it didn't work out. I'm going to put you away privately. You hurt me 
but I'm going to cover you. So Joseph goes to sleep. He goes to sleep. He goes to sleep. And an angel appears to him in a dream. Now remember, Joseph is out. Because he's saying, I'm single. I have no kids. I'm a carpenter. I'm a job. I got my own business. I don't have to take this. So he goes to sleep. And an angel appears to him. Y'all missed it at night. (laughs) It appears to him at night. And this is what he says. I want y'all to, you can prove text. You can say, he didn't just say Joseph. He didn't even call his last name. He said, Joseph, son of David. David is not his literal father, but Joseph comes from the lineage of King David. He said, before I tell you what I need to tell you, I got to remind you of who you are. (laughs) I I, I, I want you to know what stock you come from. I I want you to know that you are not in this incident by accident. I want you to know that there's a reason that you come from the spiritual stock that you come to come from. And I need to tell you something, Joseph, son of David, because Joseph, son of whoever, is not going to listen to me the way Joseph, son of David, will. So let me remind you of who you are now. Let, 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 me, let, let me remind you. Let me remind you who you are. When you run from this assignment, you're running from who you are. Joseph, this is not your dream for you. I get it. Because you want that, you want her first to be yours. You want that first child, you want it to, you want it to be. I know this is not your dream for you. I know this is not your dream for you. I know this is not the way you saw this. And I know you don't, in your eyes, don't deserve this. I know in your mind, you're saying, I'm a good man. It's not, come on now. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good man. And I did everything I knew how to do in this situation. I know you're saying out of all people, you don't deserve it. This is not your, your dream for yourself. But Joseph, I, I want you to know it is my dream for you. And although you can go, I need you to stay. Because purpose will make you stay when pride wants you to leave. Did you hear what I just said? Joseph has to make a decision. (laughs) I wrap up because the devil's trying to use this dark season to kill this dream. I'm done, Tario. Here it is. Here it is. The angel says to Joseph, 
Don't you be afraid. Why would he say be afraid? He's not in physical danger. He's not in physical danger. Mary is the one that's going to have to go through everything that she's going to have to go through. Now, we can't even talk. We don't even have time to talk about what she's getting ready to go through. Because now she's sitting here saying, I'm getting ready to lose one of the best things that happened to me because of what God put in me. We don't have time to deal with what she's dealing with. This is, but the angel said, don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then this is what he said. He said, this thing she is carrying is from God. And I need you to name it. What feels like a trouble to you, trouble to you, Joseph, is a demonstration of my trust because I trust you to name them right. I trust you to treat her right. So you feel like you've been handled unjustly when you don't realize that the reason you're in this predicament is because of how highly I think of you. I can't trust everybody with her. God, but, but I trust you enough with what she carrying to name it. The angel didn't even tell Mary the name. Told Joseph the name. You name it. And he will be Emmanuel. God with us. Hey, by my. That devil wants to use the dark season to be the thing that kills the dream. But Joseph kills some things in the dark. Look at me. Look at me. If you don't kill some things in the dark, the things in the dark will kill your dream. Darius, what did he kill? Here it is. Y'all not got points. He killed number one, unbelief. Because he didn't believe it was from God. She's like, I'm pregnant. God did it. He's like, okay. God. The angel had to assure Joseph that this is from God. And there are many people who can't accomplish their assignment. They can't apprehend God's dream for their life because they don't believe it's God. Hannah, did you hear what I just said? When I started my business, I believe it was God. What hadn't you started? Because you don't believe. It's God. When we started this church 16 years ago, I believed it was God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Here it is. Num number two, not only did he have to kill uh, unbelief in, in the dark, he had to kill imposter syndrome. What's this? Imposter syndrome, family, is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. It refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as you actually are. It's when you feel like an imposter when you aren't. It's because you just had learned to see you the way God does. So you feel in over your head and you're not. And you feel incapable and you but you are. You just don't know it. Greatest example of imposter syndrome is Numbers 13 when Israel has an opportunity to occupy Canaan land and they say we are as grasshoppers. So they stopped short of what God had for them, not because they didn't believe in God, but because they didn't believe what God said about them. Number three, he had to kill expectations. What were his parents going to say? What were his friends going to say? He had to kill the urge to succumb to others' expectations of him because you can't trace, chase God's dreams for you and others' dreams for you at the same time. Time won't allow me uh, the opportunity to unpack all of that, but there's no way you can accomplish your dream without abandoning others' dreams for you. You know, there are some people that initially didn't want me to pursue the path of ministry that now benefit from the fact that I'm in it. Yes. Wow. Boy. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> you're not the only one with dreams for your life. And so you have to wrestle with the expectations that others will impose upon you. Finally, he had to kill impulsiveness because I know as soon as he got that text, he was like, I'm done. Come on. What's what the Bible says? It says he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. Even though she was pregnant, he still, y'all know what consummate means, right? Yes. Fellowship. Listen to me. Even though she was pregnant, he could have just said, let's just go ahead and be intimate now. It doesn't matter. Say, but God, people won't know the difference. God's watching. He said, so I could be impulsive and give in to my urges and impulses, but I'm going to wait. And dark seasons will make you act impulsively, won't they? People have moved states dark seasons and made impulsive decisions during dark seasons and did make decisions in three minutes that cost them three years in dark seasons. Impulsiveness. I just felt something. It's going to be a little weird for some of you uh, 
initially, but it, but it won't be because it's going gonna, it's gonna to resonate with whoever it's, it's for. Beware of the decision you're about to make right now in the dark. Wait. Wait. It's okay to make a decision in the dark. Just don't let the darkness drive your decision. Wait, do you hear? I want you to hear me. Wait. Somebody put it in the chat with prophetic urgency. Just put wait, wait, wait. I want to see all that in the chat. Wait. 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 God's going to turn this around. God's going to do just what he said. Wait. I'm praying for somebody right now that needs to make that decision. They that wait on the Lord and I die, shall renew their strength. Wait. Wait. God's like, just give me a minute to turn it around. I know it's night season, but I told you in my word, weeping may endure for a night but joy is coming in the morning morning's coming wait pray over you as we prepare to go this is your confession in every dark night of the soul here's your confession the night time is the right time now may God bless and keep you may God cause his face of favor to shine upon you may God be gracious to you protect you May he provide for you, and above all else, may he grant you peace. This is my prayer for your life in Jesus' name.